Welcome back to the Suresh podcast. In the previous episode, we heard how Guru Hargobind and Mata Ganga traveled to Baba Bakala to visit a Sikh named Mehra. They spent four days there before Mata Ganga Ji then passed away. Guru Hargobind performed the funeral rites there in Bakala, sending Mata Ganga Ji's body into a river the same way the funeral was performed for Guru Arjan Dev Ji. Guru Hargobind then came back to Amritsar where they instructed Pai Gurdas to begin the reading of Guru Granth Sahib, at that time just called Granth Sahib or Pothi Sahib, compiled by Mata Ganga Ji's husband, Guru Arjan Dev Ji. So that's where the previous chapter left off. This chapter begins describing how all the family members from Govindwal, Khadur Sahib, Mao Sahib, Darla, Mandali all came back to Amritsar, this time crying and in such sorrow. These family members had just left the city after celebrating the wedding of the young Baba Gurudatta. Now they were coming to Amritsar in sorrow. In the residence of the Guru, you could hear the sound of crying. There was such a large gathering of all the family members there. Some were remembering the great virtues and qualities of Mata Gangaji. And in remembering them, the women were crying. Outside of the residence, Guru Hargobha was seated people were speaking to him everybody was saying Mata Gangaji was so fortunate Guru Hargobha would tell everybody there in this entire world everything you see is transient it won't last very long no place here will remain the world flows forth like a river manifesting through day and night and only wears out so there were other elders and wise people there from the lineages of Guru Angad Dev Ji Guru Amar Das Ji Everybody heard this from the Guru. Guru Hargobind then said to everybody, this is just the reality. After speaking with the families, Guru Hargobind then made sure everybody had set up their camps. The families who had arrived there from outside of Amritsar and this duty was handed over to the Masans who served everybody greatly. Guru Hargobind then set up the Divan, the court session. He sat there twice a day with such mass, massive gatherings. Each time there would be a chonki, a recitation of Gurbani Kirtan. This continued on for 13 days, when at that time, Pai Gurdas completed the reading of the Granth Sahib. So there was a Sahaj part, which was completed for Mata Gangaji's passing. Guru Hargobind had an Ardas performed and offered great amounts of very fine clothing, which had gold and silver embroidery. He gave out great amounts of charity to the local Brahmins there as well. Clothes, jewelry worth great amounts. Giving out vast amounts of fabric and food as well, making everybody there content. Baba Buddha Ji gave out the dastar or the turban of familial responsibility to Guru Hargobin, who then took it and placed it with respect on his head. All the clans were there as well from the previous Gurus, Guru Angad Dev Ji, Guru Amar Ji, they all gave the stars to Guru Hargobin. Guru Hargobin's in-laws were there as well. Dwara, Harichand, and Narayan, the third father-in-law, was there. And they all gave great amounts of clothing and jewelry and money to Guru Hargobin with respect, with their hands clasped. Offerings were handed out to the congregation, the Sikhs, the Masans, the community leaders there as well. Guru Hargobin and then at that moment had prachad made and this massive amount of prachad was handed out, distributed to everybody there in the Divan, the court session. Through all the ceremonies, and with everybody meeting up there, now the pain, the sorrow was slowly being removed and people began to enjoy themselves again with the ever-increasing amounts of congregation flowing into the city. One day, Baba Buddha Ji said to Guru Hargobind, 
Guru Hargobind, your various feats are marvelous and wondrous, but people looking at your exterior practice, they have been confused. They get together and slander you. Also, you're going to now construct battlefields for war. This time is upon us now. For me though, Guru Hargobind, I wish to go back to my previous place of dwelling, where I used to love to live in Punjab in solitude by myself. In the time of Guru Amar Das, she had given me the duty of Amritsar. But even then, everybody knows of my previous place in the jungle, the village of Ramdas. So please give me permission to return to that place. Old age has now gripped my body tight. Mata Gangaji has left her body. And while she was alive, you hadn't had the spirit of warfare arise within you. Because with this, now countless obstacles and troubles will arise, which you've already known about, hence you've adorned weapons. Guru Hargobind heard this and thought about it all, thinking about Baba Buddhaji's desire, how it made sense, how he used to live there in the village of Ramdas, and how only because of his love for me did Baba Buddhaji remain here in Amritsar for some time, and how now the time had come for warfare. So Guru Hargobind thought about this and gave permission to Baba Buddhaji, who bowed down at the lotus-like feet of the Guru, and who while leaving was just looking back over and over again at the warrior Guru, the destroyer of all the enemies, Guru Hargobind. So Baba Buddhaji went back to his village in the forest. He would remain in just one ras, one flavor, one disposition forever with the wisdom of the divine within his heart. He had all the powers in the world, but he never used any of them, holding great fortitude and determination in his heart. After this, some days passed with congregations coming in and leaving Amritsar. Guru Hargobind liberated countless among them, giving some the gift of devotion, bhakti, and others the gift of brahmgyan, divine wisdom. To others, he fulfilled their material desires, whatever they wanted, a son, money, anything else in their heart's desire. Meanwhile, the Guru would train constantly in the science of warfare and would watch his warriors train as well in mock duels and battles. Bandekan was such a great warrior. There really was no other like him. Guru Hargobind would make him train in swordsmanship with a shield as well, doing drills, practicing techniques, along with training him in archery. Bandekan was so strong, he would train pulling back a bow weighted at no tank. This is a calibration, a draw strength of a bow, which measures up to around 225 uh, kilograms, which is just an insane amount of weight. Sikh texts also mention how Guru Hargobind and Guru Gobind Singh both had this type of heavy bow. Guru Hargobind had his armory produce very vicious wide arrowheads. Some were so wide at the front, about four finger lengths wide. The arrows would be attached to such strong shafts. People looking at these arrows were in shock, thinking there's nobody in this day and age that could fire these type of arrows. We've heard of people of the past, like Arjuna from the Mahabharata, who would be able to do this, but who now? What enemy could withstand such an arrow? This is like a cobra being shot at somebody. Guru Hargobind would have countless amounts of these arrows made, along with bullets and other supplies for rifles. All of the supplies for the weapons and armory were now piling up in great amounts. And day by day, Guru Hargobind would look more favorably to Khan. And every now and then, Guru Hargobind would go visit Golna at her house. And watching this from afar, Sikhs got jealous. And spite started to build up within them. 
without understanding anything about the nature of this. They were slandering the Guru, saying, Wow, look at Guru Hargobin having such a union with the Turks, keeping them close and not spending much time with others. Look, Guru Hargobin has stolen, ran away with the daughter of a Qazi, a Muslim lawmaker from Lahore, and doesn't even think it's bad to go visit her in her house. No previous Guru was like this at all. They were all very chaste. But this Guru has forgotten all of that. This Guru has a different demeanor, with different traditions. He interacts with people differently and has different interests. He goes hunting, killing many beings. And day and night, he loves weapons. So in this way, the great slander of Guru Hargobind spread throughout the world. They would say, Guru Hargobind has destroyed the previous customs and traditions. In domestic lands and foreign, people were saying this. But the true Sikhs, they understood the real deal. The great radiance of Guru Hargobind from his illuminating brown face was not bearable by anybody. So nobody would walk up to them and tell them about this slander. Meanwhile, his sister-in-law, Ramo, and brother-in-law, Saindas, who were staying with the Guru for some time, they came to say farewell to the Guru and head back home. But they were so sad, they were suffering some pain from the thought of leaving. They bowed down and kissed the lotus-like feet of Guru Hargobind. Guru Hargobind then comforted them before they left. They went back to their home in Doroli, where they would constantly remember and meditate upon the Guru, the treasure trove of happiness. Sometime after this, Mata Nanaki, who was pregnant, was ready to give birth. It was a beautiful month of Isak. It was just before sunrise and late hours of the night. It was the year 1669 Bikrami, so 1612, common era. It was the fifth day of the waning moon when all the midwives came running to help Matananaki. They were all so happy that a child was born, that boy who would sustain the seed of the Hindu dharam in the world, that child who there was no equivalent to in the world, who would offer his head for the sake of others. The devtas, the gods, and the heavens began singing out in celebration, saying, that dharam which was being destroyed, the one to sustain it has taken birth. All the devtas came down to the house to worship the young boy, praising him, saying there is no other in the world like him. They were sprinkling out sandalwood incense there and offering beautiful clothing, saying, Blessed, blessed is the Guru's house. Everyone was so happy. The news spread when day broke. Everybody came to offer their congratulations to the Guru. Great bells and drums were being played now and people were placing flowers and greenery on their doors to mark the celebration. Great amounts of wealth was given out to the unfortunate, the poor people of the city. Men and women were getting together in great joy. The beautiful women of the city were getting together in groups, coming to the residence of the Guru. They were wearing such nice clothing and beautiful jewelry. They were singing songs of happiness as they were walking forward. The family performed all their familial traditions and everybody came there to give their congratulations. Guru Hargobind then thought deeply about his new son, thinking that within this child's household, a great warrior too will be born, who will display great courage and bravery on the battlefield. And this child, he himself will fearlessly remove the roots of the Turks, the Mughal Empire. My son will display great bravery with a sword and his son will destroy countless enemies on the battlefield. For this reason, he should be called Teg Bahadur. 
Guru Hargobind beautifully named his son after thinking about this greatly. Mata Nanaki heard about the name and she was so happy. She loved her son so much. And in this way, great amounts of celebrations were commenced and the five sons of Guru Hargobind were now all born. This is how chapter 63 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear more about the slandering of Guru Hargobind by some Sikhs. So that's where we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. <laughs> Yo,